Hi there, I'm Imlin Miles Manning, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place where you can come for your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation to not only experience the success in those areas yourself, but to help others in our community achieve greatness as well. I'm super happy to get on with the show, so let's get going. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, President and CEO of Gen Next Wealth, a fee-only financial planning and investment firm. Today, we are going to have a great conversation about something that everyone loves to talk about, taxes. So taxes, we have a lot of stuff that we need to get to. And today I'm joined by Shania Wilson, and we met on social media. I cannot stop thinking about the power of social media and being able to connect with guests like, like Shania. Shania, thank you for coming to the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. And hello to all of the listeners of the Minority Money Podcast. Awesome. So Shania, I'm going to let her give a little background, but I wanted to talk about taxes for a little while before we have her talk. Not a little while, but just say a couple of things because taxes has been a sore subject for myself as a lot of my listeners. When I run into you out and about, we always talk about this and this is always something that that is another source of anxiety, pain, misunderstanding and all that stuff. And I'm hoping today in our conversation with Shania, she can clear up some of that stuff for you. So <laughs> before I, you know, I want Shania, can you give us a little background about yourself? Yeah, sure. So, hey, I'm Shania, AKA the People CPA. I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. I did my undergrad at Morrisville State College, earned my associate's degree in accounting. Went on to SUNY Oswego, got my bachelor's degree in accounting, and then stayed an extra year to get my MBA with a concentration in public accounting. And now I'm currently a THG student studying, you guys can guess what, accounting. Yeah. So I'm your overall accounting nerd. I love, love, love what I do. I do have corporate public accounting experience, but I decided to use my talents and my knowledge and my credentials to serve my people, which is why I started Full Life Financial LLC. And thus far, I've been able to work with over 300 minority small business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs. That is awesome. And I love, I love what you call yourself, the people CPA, because I felt like, like I could talk to her because <laughs> she's, she's the people CPA. All the people come to her. I did it for y'all. I did it for y'all. <laughs> so I, I, when, I, when I'm thinking about that and the, the whole thing with, with being the people CPA, and I know you hear all kinds of stuff from, from all kinds of people, whether they're business owners, creatives, entrepreneurs, about the difficulty with taxes and mm-hmm. just misunderstanding with taxes. But I, I, I was always struck by your name. Is it FOIA? How do you say it? How do you pronounce it? So FOLA Financial. FOLA, okay. FOLA yes. Financial. So wh- why the name FOLA? What, what, what is that? Tell mm-hmm. me about that. So there are a bunch of CPA firms, accounting firms, but it struck me that only 4% of the CPAs in America are Black. Hmm. So I wanted to create a firm that had a cultural name because I do love representing my culture and everything that I do. My best friend, she is Nigerian. Her name is Billy Key, so shout out to Billy. <laughs> Her and I were brainstorming names for the company, and I wanted something with an F so it could like sound good when you said it with financial. Mm-hmm. So like something with an F financial. And then she said, Fola. And I'm just like, hmm, what does that mean? She's like, well, in my language, it means honor and wealth. Hmm. And those are two things that I stand behind with my clients, being honorable and then helping them to create wealth. So Fola ended up being the perfect name. And it's easy to remember. It's a whole lot of words, so it doesn't have to take too much to actually remember, which is another reason why I like it. 
I like it. I like it. So that, yeah, I love the name. Cause I was thinking, I was like, this has to mean something. Does it stand for something? And so <laughs> I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm big on that. As I told you, the name of my firm is Gen Next Wealth. And mm-hmm. the reason why is because we try to help minority families with generational wealth. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, it had a, it had a meaning and we talked about the logo a little bit with the tree and the roots and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, it does have a, an awesome meeting. So coming to us from New York. So I, I got to ask you a very important question as it yes. pertains to New York. Are you a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? Uh, see, I don't do baseball, but okay. if I had to go for one, I'm going to say the Mets. Oh, okay. So strike one. We'll knock you for that. So are you, are you a Giants fan or a Jets fan? Oh, definitely Giants. Okay, Giants. there you go. Okay, New okay. Giants. Don, Donnie Dimes is out, or Danny Dimes is out there handling business for the Giants. Uh, you guys actually don't look too bad. I always have a little portion of the, of the podcast when we talk about sports, so I wanted to, to do that. <laughs> so the topic for today is going to be taxes. No need mm-hmm. to worry. My accountant handles that. Okay. And so, you know, and I've seen that on, I've seen that on your, on your website. And I was like, that's it. That's, that's going to be the name of the episode. So we're going to, you know, taxes, no need to worry. My account handles that. So in that same vein with the hip hop culture, I seen you had an ebook that you wrote called mm-hmm. rake it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about that ebook. I mean, don't give too much away because we want people to get it, <laughs> but I want to know, like I, I just seen it. I was like, rake it up. I was like, that's Yo Gotti and uh, yes, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I was yes. like, okay. so, so talk to me about that a little bit, please. Okay. So I wanted to create a financial literacy ebook that people got and felt like they could understand through reading it and having terms in there that was relatable. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, the rake it up song was really hot. So I've decided to take those three, the three terms in the song. So they say, I told all my, mm, break it up, mm-hmm. break it down, mm-hmm. back it up. Hey, rack it up, rack it up. Okay. <laughs> so in the book, the first part is about racking it up. So that's about earning extra income, learning how to increase your credit score and just ways to just generate more wealth, more income. That's the raking it up portion. Mm-hmm. And then we have breaking it down. So it's like, all right, once we have this extra income, let's take a look at our budget and break it down and mm-hmm. see where our money is going, where is it coming from. And then the back of up portion comes after the break it down portion because once we have our budget, we actually want to take a look at it and see where we can make cutbacks. Mm-hmm. So when you look at your budget, for me, a, a mind-blowing piece was me looking at my budget and seeing that I spent $500 a month in Uber. I'm just mm-hmm. like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So I had to like take a step back and figure out why did I spend that much? And it was because I was being late every day. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to save some of that money, I started being a little bit more on time. Mm-hmm. So the Rake It Up book is about financial literacy, but again, <laughs> explaining it in an easily digestible and relatable format. So millennials like me could read the book, feel like they could relate to it, and then actually take away the significant, the significant contribution that the book brings. I love that. And the reason why I like it is because you make it relevant. Like everyone's going to know the name of the song. Most people are going to know that song. Most people are going to think about it and they know, you know, what context they're talking about it, but using that same context or the same words and then saying, okay, Mm -hmm. this is how we're going to apply it to you in your financial situation. I absolutely love that. And I think and it's a free download. So for your listeners, you should share the link. <laughs> it's a free download. It's a really short ebook. It's like 20 pages long. So really easy, digestible. And again, it's fun. It's written in my voice. So I wrote it as if I was talking to one of my homegirls. Love that. So what we're <laughs> going to do on that is we'll probably either have that out on the either in the Facebook community 
And I'll try to get that, that link to that inside the blog because we have a blog that we do, bi-monthly blog for the, for the listeners that comes out. And I would love to, I'm going to read it myself. I just think that, that okay. <laughs> the hip hop culture does talk about money a lot. And you can take and learn a lot mm-hmm. from what they talk about in their music. Like I know Kendrick Lamar talks about it. I know one of my mm-hmm. favorite songs by J. Cole about taxes is called Brackets. I don't know if you ever heard that song before. Yes, yes. that was on that his last one, album. Yeah, right? Brackets is, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite songs. And, and, and he, he, he really mm-hmm. lays out some stuff. And so he broke it down. Especially for people that are, <laughs> you know, that listen to hip hop or listen to, you know, to rap, hip hop, that kind of music actually has a lot of themes. Sometimes they're not, you know, not mm-hmm. the, like when you're balling out and you gonna, you know, go spend all the money getting a grill and, and, and buying gold chains and all that <laughs> stuff. And I guess there's places for that. But I mean, I think on the other side of it, they really do try to get an understanding of that. You know, R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle talking about mm-hmm. having mailbox money and some of the other things that he brings up in his music right. that is very impactful mm-hmm. and well thought out. Talking about real estate, talking about owning his own masters and, and different things that he, he brings up. And so that that goes right into the next question that I had. Talk to us about the empowerment through economics and education, because that's something that that seems near and dear to your mm-hmm. heart. Yep. So I'm all about empowerment for both women, but more so just for my people and for people who just need that extra sense of inspiration. I feel like a lot of times, many people feel down because, you know, they might not have a lot of money. You, you want nice things, but you can't afford it. So it can make you feel down. Like, all right, I don't, I'm not worth a lot. Or the fact that you don't understand certain terms or you don't know how to trade, you don't know how to invest, you don't know about real estate. It can make you feel really down. Like, I don't even know where to start. So my whole purpose is to make sure I'm empowering people through the use of economics and education. My biggest thing is not only do I want to help my clients and serve them by providing excellent tax services or bookkeeping services, I educate my clients every step of the way because there's nothing like having something done, but you know how to review it because you understand what's being done to it. And that works for both personal tax levels and business tax levels. So just you understanding finances, financial terms, how investing works, how saving money works, how building wealth works, it makes you feel like you are powerful. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about that, making people feel empowered through the use of economics and education. So what kind of educational things do you do? I've seen some of the workshops that you do, but can you talk a little bit about how you're, you're, yeah. how you're educating your clients and other people that are that are using you? Yeah, so I educate at all levels. The youngest I've done was middle school. Mm-hmm. I participate with financial literacy workshops at middle schools, high schools, college levels. I actually have one coming up next week at York College. And through those workshops, I definitely create my programs around the rake it up book mm-hmm. because the students love that because mm-hmm. they understand the song they know where it's coming from so they have a good time with the book so i create my financial literacy sections around that so it's very very relatable to millennials to gen z i think that's what they're called now but they they get it so and i also do conferences so i've been able to speak at a bunch of women conferences including the we believe conference the women in leadership development 
in the Empowerment Conference in Delaware, which I'm doing again next year, mm -hmm. and just teaching the audience about finances. And my biggest thing is that people don't realize how much of your, your emotions, your moods are linked to finances. Then once I bring that up, they take a step back and they're like, wow, you're right. Like I'm depressed because I can't pay my rent. Mm -hmm. I don't feel happy right now because I can't afford to feed myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, when we take that out the equation, you can live a better life. Just, you don't have to be wealthy. It's just understanding like how money flows, how to create more money without putting in so much extra effort. So with my financial education, programs i preached out a lot just te teaching people how to start building wealth with little to none mm -hmm. and i think the you bring up an important part especially as the emotional side of this has to mm -hmm. do with this because i think emotionally finance brings a lot of anxiety it brings a lot of uncertainty yeah. how your relationship with money is you bring in a spouse you bring in some kids you bring in you know a few other things and and it's really not easy to have those conversations not only right. with yourself, but and then managing those emotions, right? How do I deal mm -hmm. with this depression of not being able to provide the life that I think they should have and they be in your family or the life that you should have and, and everything with, with social media and FOMO and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so that can, you know, you can, you can get on your phone, pull up Instagram and see someone that you know that you think that, you know, you maybe make more money than them or, you know, whatever, drive a nicer car, whatever it is that you think you do better than them and then see mm -hmm. them out somewhere and really have a flood of emotions. Like, why am I not being, I really must not be successful if they're able to do this and I'm not able to do that. Right. And so through the education and empowerment, as you call it, I think that mm -hmm. would be a great way to take back your emotions through that process and empower mm -hmm. people to to take back the the power with their finances. So I, I love yeah. it. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> um, the can you talk to me about this a little bit? Because I, I know that when I'm talking to people, we have two types of we have two types of CPAs, right? You got the guy that or the person that you go see at the end of the year, or maybe it's you know April <laughs> April fifteenth. Or you go see him on, you know, you, you come in and you got oh, a mess of papers. Don't call April 15th, Lord Jesus. <laughs> okay, April 12th, we'll give you a couple of days. So, you know, and we come in and we got this stack of stuff and now you're just, you know, it's, it's damage control. So <laughs> I wanted to talk about the difference between tax preparation and tax mm -hmm. planning. So yeah, talk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So I pride myself on being a CPA that's in my client's business. Yep, in a business all year round, because honestly, not only does it help my clients feel more comfortable and know how to prepare for tax season, mm -hmm. it allows me to better advise them. Mm -hmm. So again, like you said, there's a bunch of CPAs who you just go to at year end, they do your return, you don't see them again for a whole year. Mm -hmm. There is so much money that can be left on the table if you have a CPA that's doing that. Mm -hmm. Your accountant should understand how you are operating throughout the year mm -hmm. because many events may happen and you may not know, but they may be tax events mm -hmm. and they could save you some taxes or maybe they may be tax reportable and can save you an IRS notice letter that you didn't report that. So having a CPA, for me, I practice monthly planning with my clients. We check in every single month. We see where their net income is, what major expenses they had, if they hire any employees, open up any other storefronts, things like that all matter. Mm -hmm. And with that, by the time end of the year comes, for most of my clients, 
before tax season starts, their taxes are already prepared. Mm-hmm. So I already know what to expect. We already know what happens. Our documents are already organized. And all we have to do is put the numbers in and wait for the IRS to open up their systems and, and we're done. So you want to have somebody on your team to help you tax plan more than anything. And I honestly think tax planning is way more important than the tax preparation itself. Mm-hmm. Anybody can tax prep. But having somebody who can help you tax plan and teach you how to save money and on a lower tax bill just by understanding the steps that you took in throughout the year, that can make all the difference. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll speak to that with some tax planning that I, I recently had. This is the first year, second year in business, first year doing tax planning. So mm-hmm. what I what I did this year, I was able to speak to my accountant and I've sent her my wife's W-2 and I sent her all the stuff that I've been, she looked at my QuickBooks, seeing how much I'd been paying myself. And she said, okay, so let's look at this. And what she was able to do is say, hey, Emlyn, this is how much money you and your wife have paid in taxes. This is probably what you're looking like you're going to owe at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to pay yourself your salary anymore because you've already paid enough taxes based on what you're doing for the year. And mm-hmm. I was like, you mean that it was for me, it was such a relief. I was like, so you mean at December 31, long as I still, you know, make the same amount of money, everything. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, as long as you know, nothing, no major changes. Right. I said, no, no, it should be, you know, these last two months, this is what it's going to look like. And Mm -hmm. she's like, all right, this is, this is what's going to happen. This is what you should expect. Um, So if you want to, you know, you got until April 15th, you can start making some payments as soon as, you know, the the next year starts and we can get this all dialed in and you're good to go. And I was, it was such a relief for me instead of waiting until April 15th. Yeah, like I normally getting smacked with a big old tax bill. And, and then it's doing like, an when extension. you tax plan, right. But the biggest thing the entrepreneurs should also know is that if you are going to owe the IRS more than $1,000 in tax liability, you are required to make estimated payments. Mm-hmm. And you make those estimated payments based on your tax plan. Mm-hmm. So every single quarter, you should be sitting down with your accountant and going over your numbers so that you can make these estimated tax payments. And again, most of the times by the end of the year, you should be able to net out and not owe. The goal is for you to not owe no more and not be liable to pay anything else or to just not overpay. Mm -hmm. So by the time tax season comes, you already paid your taxes for the year. It feels better to see a $12,000 bill broken up into $3,000 checks as opposed to just having one $12,000 check. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. But Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, that's 3K. I Mm -hmm. could could handle that each quarter. Yeah. And and what I want to... Like, cause I, I've seen, I've worked with you. Some of my clients work with you. You talk about something that's so important and you do it in such a way that's very informative, lighthearted. Cause usually, you know, uh, CPA is that, that person you go see. And it's like, it's almost like going to see the police, right? You gotta go see this person. <laughs> they like, it's almost like they work for the IRS. You gotta get up and you gotta go deal with them. And it's like, man, I don't even want to see this person. You know, I have to. And so yeah. tell me, uh, tell the people a little bit, the people CPA here, we, we, we're, we're here yes. live with the, with the people CPA. The people CPA. <laughs> um, how do you get your clients to like, how do you keep the mood light and still be okay. able to educate them and, and get them to get through the emotions and stuff like, tell me how you do that. Because yeah. this is, this is a difficult thing for people to get a hold of. And it's so mm-hmm. much, I, I hear so many people that say their accountant, no need to worry. My accountant handles that, but their mm-hmm. accountant is just doing preparing their taxes and not right. doing planning. And so what I wanted you, what I, what I'm really asking is, is how do you keep, you know, that relationship with your clients to where they mm-hmm. want to speak to you every month or every yeah. year? Like, how are you different from most CPAs? Yeah. So honestly, I think when it comes to money, everybody has their guard up and that's okay. 
the same way people have their emotions hidden behind their guard that's up. Mm-hmm. And it's because money is something that's personal. Like, you know, like our bank accounts are private for a reason. Mm-hmm. Our emotions, they're inside of us. So I kind of take the same the same approach as a therapist would take. Mm-hmm. It's like allowing you to first feel comfortable enough to tell me your problems, to tell me what's going on. Because if you don't feel comfortable enough to open up, I cannot help you. Mm-hmm. Or I can't help you effectively. I, I, can, I can help you and just, you know, put some numbers in and give you whatever. But am I doing, really doing my job if I'm not maximizing my contribution to the value of your business or to your personal financial life mm-hmm. without fully allowing you to feel comfortable with me? So my biggest thing is to start small, which is why I start with the education aspect first. Mm-hmm. Allow my clients to know that I am knowledgeable. I think that lets their guard down a lot. Like, all right, I can trust this woman. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why we have credentials. Like you see a therapist that's a, a doctor or you may see an accountant that's a CPA because they have those credentials. Mm-hmm. So just like aside from the credential, just having people feel the personal connection and I just try to speak lightly. I try not to use big, complicated words that just may to tear people from opening up. So all those little things definitely count. A bigger thing that I definitely do with my clients is kind of open up to my personal life as an entrepreneur because though I'm an accountant, I'm still an entrepreneur. So we deal with the same things. I have to make quarterly estimate tax payments. I have to pay people. I have expenses. Every month may not be profitable. So I don't feel bad sharing those things. Or even if I'm not at that point of being a negative at that moment, I don't mind sharing my past experiences. That allows people to open up. Like, all right, you know, she gets it. She gets me. And then from those things, honestly, we just take things moving forward. And I love to cater my services to my clients. Everybody's not in a predicament to like pay full service for my services all the time. So I customize things all the time. Like, all right, you may not want to meet once a month. Let's meet every quarter or just twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're not like me and me at April 15th, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny that like, cause uh, you brought up a very good point and I never, it never dawned on me, right? Like mm-hmm. you run your business. Oh yeah, you're an entrepreneur. Oh yeah, you have to pay taxes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to like it, it did it, and it's it's funny, right? Because I'm in the industry, financial services, you know, running my own firm, doing all this stuff, and I'm talking to you and it didn't dawn on me till right now that oh yeah, she has to pay taxes too. <laughs> Is she sending her quarterly statements? Is she having that, you know, she have a problem sending that check too? Is it just me? And, and so I think being relatable like that is mm-hmm. is really good. And I think mm-hmm. it makes a it makes a whole ton of sense to think about it in that way um, yeah. and being able to relate and, and meeting clients where they are. I say that a lot, but I think, you know, meeting people where they are with their mm-hmm. comfort and then allowing them to grow with you. Right. Right. I think that's always like for me, when I'm dealing with my clients to see them grow is always awesome. Right. Like we didn't have this, you know, to see them grow in income, see them grow in family because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, most of my clients are still, still having, having kids, babies. still growing, you know, <laughs> So, so it's, it's always important to be able to have that latitude to be able to grow with them mm-hmm. with the year end taxes. Can you give the listeners some year end tax tips for business yeah. and personal taxes? Yep. So let's start with personal just because most business owners have to do both anyways. So for personal taxes, I'm definitely going to tell the listeners to number one, check your withholding. I've run into people who put like six, exemptions on their w4 form they have no kids no dependents and at the end of the year they ask why they owe a tax bill like check your exemptions so make sure you are accurately reporting your exemptions on your w4 and then also just do a personal audit and ask yourself if any tax events happen throughout the year 
So did you buy a new home? Did you make any major investments? And that's including the stock market because you do get taxed on capital gains. Mm -hmm. Did you pull out from your 401k? Did you create an HSA account? Did you donate to charity? So I would definitely tell the listeners to like look at common tax deductions, expenses, or events and see if any of those apply to them so they can be prepared. A lot of times clients don't know that certain events are associated with forms. Mm-hmm. So if you are investing, you should look out for your 1099 broker statement. Mm-hmm. Even if you, you know, you do Airbnb for your home, you make extra income, they're going to send you a 1099. So just make sure that you are keeping yourself updated with what you've been doing so that you know what to expect at your end. For business owners, I'm going to say to check in with an accountant before the year ends. Many times people don't know that making certain transactions before year ends, i.e. contributing to a retirement account, can save them thousands of dollars in taxes. Or some owners do not know that changing their tax election can allow them to save thousands of dollars. So you want to check in with an accountant before the year ends and see if you can do anything to reduce your tax liability. Also for businesses, I'm going to say to make sure your books are together. Do not come into tax season and give your accountant some books that have not been reconciled, expenses have not been booked, or revenue has not been captured because you guys are an accountant's worst nightmare. Uh Um, (laughs) So just make sure that you are staying on top of the date with your responsibilities as a business owner. Okay. So when you, you said that the W-4, which I have an issue with in itself, that I think this is the stupidest form ever. But <laughs> so when you have your exemptions, I know sometimes when people are working on commission, they will fuck, they'll change those, they'll change those withholdings because, like, mm-hmm. you know, commissions taxed at like 48% or whatever. Right. So they'll change those withholdings, but making sure that you do change those back if you've ever right. made any changes. Right. Yeah. So I, I like that. Those all, those all make very, they'll be very, very actionable items to check your, mm-hmm. check your withholdings. You said something on the business side, there was something that you can check. Uh, can you repeat that again? It was something that you said about the businesses. I can't remember what you said about checking something. So I think I was saying to check in with your account number one, Mm -hmm. check your books. So how you are accounting, make sure your revenues are all captured, your expenses are all deducted. Mm -hmm. And then also check and see if there's any type of contributions you can make before year end that can save you on taxes. And you as in finance, you should know about retirement contributions. That can save you five to 10 K if you know, if you're in the right predicament. So you want to check in with a CPA to see if there's any contributions or transactions you can make before year end to help you save in taxes. And then also to check your tax election. So if you have LLC, you may be taxed as a sole proprietor right now, but if you're eligible, you can probably change that election to an S-Corp or a C-Corp, depending on what's going to maximize the tax savings for you. So again, checking with a, a CPA to make sure that you are maximizing your tax situation so that you can minimize your tax liability. Yes, that makes that makes all the sense in the world to make mm-hmm. sure that you do that and you're talking to a CPA. And then if you need to open up those accounts, whether it's an IRA, a SEP, I get calls from my clients all the time about retirement accounts. I need to open up an mm-hmm. IRA. I need to open up a Roth and I, I need to open up a SEP or whatever it is that they're trying to open up. And if it's a 401k for a company, you've already missed that deadline, but that's, <laughs> that's not, you know, that's, so there's, there's different things that you, you, you want to be able to discuss with the professionals that you have working for you. And so definitely need a CPA in your life as well as a financial advisor. And they should be on the same team working together. If your CPA and financial advisor don't know each other, make that introduction 
sooner than later because they're going right. to be able to speak their uh, finance jargon and understand what each other's saying on your behalf. <laughs> so this is the Minority Money Podcast where we are changing the complexion of wealth. This is a movement and I want to know from you, Shanann, what motivates you and inspires you to grow? and learn? I think for me, what inspires me to grow and learn is seeing how much of an impact I'm making by doing that. So as far as I get in my business, with school, the further people under me are are going to move. And that inspires me on its own. So it's like a full circle effect. The better I can make myself, the more I can achieve, the more I can allow others who are coming after me to surpass me. Because that's the goal. You don't want someone to end up where you, where I was at when I was 22. I want that person to be where I'm at at 25 mm-hmm. while they're 18. You know, so um, the more I can make of myself, the more I can give back, number one. The more I can help. I love helping other business owners. So all of those things just inspire me to learn and grow. The more I learn and grow, I can pour back. So I love that. Love that. Awesome. That's great. Because I think that as you continue, like, I love what you said too, because there's, there's no, like, like when you said where I was at at 25, I want someone to try to be there at 18 and I want to give them all the Mm -hmm. tools that they they can have to make sure that that happens. That speaks volumes of yourself because it's, there's no, we're not competing with one another. You're not competing with the people that are coming Mm -hmm. after you. You're, you're trying to be like another, another rap reference. Shout out to Drake. He said, he said, uh, he said, I got the torch and I'm trying to light the way. Mm -hmm. Right. So we light the way Mm -hmm. so other people can follow. I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling that. So, uh, do you think education mm-hmm. plays a big part in wealth building? I think education is everything when it comes to wealth building. And for the listeners, do not get education confused <laughs> with school, because honestly, most of the stuff that I've learned as a CPA does not come <laughs> from school, unfortunately. But it takes you stepping outside of what's in front of you and really really taking advantage of the fact that number one, we are in the big data internet age where we have Google at our fingertips. So you should be learning something every single day. The more you learn, the more you can apply. The more you can apply, the more you can earn. The more you can earn, the faster you can build wealth and the more wealth you build, the larger potential you have to leave it down to the next generation. So I definitely think educating yourself plays the biggest part in wealth building. Or at least if you can't do that, then hire somebody. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's important. Hire the right people, get you a team going to, to help you take care <laughs> of stuff. If you could offer mm-hmm. some advice to our listeners, some, some parting gifts, what, what would that advice be? Mm-hmm. So my biggest advice is definitely going to be number one, to hone in on a skill and focus on creating multiple streams from that skill. So we hear all the time that millionaires have a source of average seven sources of income and people get that confused with thinking that you have to you know have like a business and investments and you have to write a book all those things are great but it's easier done when you focus on having one skill so for me accounting was that one skill and what that one skill has got me was not only entrance into my PhD program my ability to work in corporate my ability to write a book my ability to create courses that I'm going to sell, my ability to work to run, to run my business. So the more you focus on honing on one skill, the more revenue streams you can potentially open for yourself. So I think that's very, very important for both personal and business listeners. That's awesome because it, you hear it all the time, but the way you put it where you said, you know, you, you major on what you're good at. 
like if you're good at something mm-hmm. that can be the multiple streams of income that one thing right how to parlay exactly. that into other things I, that that yes yes <laughs> so <laughs> with that if people want to get more of Shanae, how do they do that how can our listeners find you where can they find you what social medias are you active on and and, and where do you like to be connected okay so you can find me on instagram and twitter more so instagram at the people's cpa so that's the people's with a s cpa awesome so i see you always doing stuff on instagram i see you you know speaking at these different conferences doing these workshops i see all that stuff so i know you are a busy lady and i thank you for making some time, taking some time out of your day and coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This (laughs) is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly. And until next time, thank you. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to on now. And give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and to be supported by others just like you. And again, we're super happy to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it cannot be completely your one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But guess what? If you have any questions, or maybe you just like to chat, please reach out to me directly at Imlin at MinorityMoney.com so that we can get to know each other there. Thanks for being here, and we're signing off.